0: Welcome to the second series of the Reworked podcast, brought to you by diversity consultancy EW Group. I'm Rachel Wilson, and every fortnight I'll be speaking to CEOs, HR leaders, and workplace activists about the steps they are taking to reform and rework organisational culture. Today I'm really pleased to be speaking to a long standing EW Group client about a topic I'm really passionate about communications. Gary Jackson is Group Director of Communications and Commercial Success at one of the UK's largest housing and social care providers, Mears Group. I want to talk to Gary about just how critical good comms on diversity and inclusion is, and how getting it right can move you from an organisation who has diversity and inclusion initiatives to one which lives and breathes those values in a meaningful way. So Gary Jackson, thank you for joining the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. Travelling down from uh, Preston, down to see me. Absolutely. Uh, So I'm really excited about our conversation. Uh, We haven't had anybody on the podcast as a guest yet who is a um, communications specialist. Uh, You are um, group director of communications and commercial success. Um, we haven't had one of those before either, (laughs) at Mia's group. Um, Obviously, you're a client of EW Groups, and so we've worked together a fair bit over the last couple of years. Um, I'm really interested to talk about communications and how Mm. that can help us on this diversity and inclusion journey. But before we get there, your job title is very interesting to me. So why is the comms so closely linked to the commercial success?
1: Again, so in my previous role, I just... Um, kind of managed what we call customer success. So that is about making sure that our four customer groups, that um, we deliver the best service that we can, so they are as successful as they can be. Um, But interestingly, what Mia's group did before I joined was linked the two things. So very cleverly recognised that link between effective communication and then how engagement Drives better service, which makes the business more profitable. So actually, now, my areas of remit are marketing, communications, customer experience, um, social value. So that is about us being a responsible business and giving something back, um, you know, under which D&I kind of sits. Mm -hmm. And then very much the kind of cultural um, engagement piece. So actually, the links are there for everyone to see. You know, lots of theory and research tells you it's completely the right thing to do. Um, Yeah, so actually it's great that I get the opportunity to kind of have that remit that sees, you know, you're able to kind of start the journey and take it right through and and finish it. So, yeah, yeah, it's really really interesting. And and like I say, it was quite clever. You know, even four years ago when I started, I was like, is this going to work? It should work. but and, And actually now I wouldn't want to do it any other way mm.
0: so it's the internal comms to the external comms to the commercial the customer engagement and success piece.
1: absolutely and, and the external comms you know for us is um, a real growing agenda so we've been a business that's deliberately sat under the radar um, so we've not needed for anyone externally other than our clients to know who we were but actually now, with the changing face of, of everything from attraction, recruitment and retention, you know, everything is now value-led and driven. So we need to let everyone know who we are and what we stand for. And having that social heart is a really big part of that external communications piece, mm-hmm. which we've not been good at. And this year, that's, that's our real focus. I'm not saying, yeah... Not good at it is the wrong thing. We've just not, not done it because we've not needed to. Okay. But we've become a different business now. So we have a housing management business. We have a new homes business. And, and again, those type of businesses, people need to understand who we are and what we do and what our services are because mm-hmm. they buy products and services as well as people.
0: Mm-hmm. And your strapline is making people smile. Yes. Is right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's, that's a very common... In communications terms, that's a quite an outward looking strap line, isn't it? That's inviting people in and, in, and in, to engage with you.
1: Absolutely. And, and so I think what, like I said, what, what our plan is this year is to put um, a proper purpose around that. So we've had it as a strap line, and again, it's led to a lot of criticism as well as kind of a lot of praise, but we really want to get people to understand what that means. So whoever you are, however you engage with us, then that's our common purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we want everyone in the business to understand how they do that. So actually, whether you, you, know, you are kind of a care worker up in Scotland, you know, or you sit in our head office in Gloucester, if somebody you know, went to them and said, why are you here? Then it's about making people smile. Mm. It's about helping communities... Um, and people in those communities to kind of prosper and thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very much what we're kind of setting out on that journey to really kind of uh, focus in on that this year.
0: Mm, so that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, actually. that You've touched upon it already, that clarity of message when you've got... 13,000 employees, yeah. it's a huge number. How yeah. important is it that everybody does get the same message? Or that, in that example, everybody understands what making people smile means. Yeah,
1: absolutely huge. So so the campaign that we're going to badge all under is One meters. Um And so it's very much getting everyone to understand that we are better together rather than our separate businesses. Um, and then for people to understand the part that they're playing that, how that then links to our... Common purpose to our vision, to our values, and to our red flag behaviours, um, mm-hmm. and so again, we're doing a lot of diff- We're using it's. It's kind of strange because one thing that we've learned is that one size doesn't fit all. So we've developed a new internal communications channel called Meas Connect, which is very digitally led and digitally focused. But actually, you know, we need to remember and recognise that everyone's different. There's a lot more, there's, you know, there's, there's a, a huge number of people in our organisation that, that still prefers that traditional method. Mm. So actually we're finding ourselves going, whilst Connect is, is our main kind of thread for communication, we're going back to much more traditional methods.
0: Okay, because you've got a lot of people who are out in the field, presumably they aren't sitting behind a desk. Absolutely. Or you know, and whilst, with a smartphone. Yeah,
1: but, I mean, most of them now. So, so we're rolling out kind of smartphones to all of them so that they will be able to use it, but if it's not a preferred method, if it doesn't come Mm -hmm. naturally, then you're know you missing a whole group of people so actually we've gone back to um, producing toolkits and Mm -hmm. toolbox talks um, and we're going to spend a lot of time this year focusing on our middle managers so what we're finding is that that group of people are are, are almost not deliberately, but are our sponge later So they get communicated from senior managers down. They get communicated by the workforce up. Mm -hmm. But actually, they, a lot of the time, don't know what to do with that information. They're not natural communicators, so it gets lost and it doesn't go anywhere. So actually, that's... So going back to your question, it's hugely important that everyone gets the same message. And we've kind of identified where our blocker is currently. Mm -hmm. And that we really need to focus on engaging those people um, to understand the messages, um, but also to be able to effectively deliver them in whatever method they feel comfortable mm. with. But then, mm. obviously, the people who work for mm. them also feel comfortable with.
0: Yeah. So, in terms of those messages, and just let's just pick one out of out of the air that we might be interested in: diversity and inclusion, for example. Um, and those red thread behaviours. I really like that. That. That term that you have in, in the business. Um, what's the secret then to getting those managers, for example, to really engage with that particular theme? I know it's a big, it's for me, as you've been working on your diversity and inclusion for quite a few years yeah. now.
1: Yeah, it's about personal experience um, and it's about creating um, ways that we can share those. So we are, again, actively creating a storytelling culture. So that is where everyone in the business shares their experiences and helps others. So what we've learned is that there, there, there very much needs to be a what's in it for me, um, and, a, and a reason why people should do it. Because with diversity and inclusion, what you tend to find is you know, fear rules. So the reason why they don't do it is because, one, they're afraid mm-hmm. that they'll say the wrong things, not the right things. And then the second thing is, again, it's not it's not natural for a lot of our frontline staff. So they need to know how. Um, and again when when you know we've we've done a big campaign to kind of get everyone to provide us with additional DNI information. So whether that's sexual orientation, you know, ethnicity, whatever it might be, you know, we've asked for that information because that allows us as a business to make better more informed decisions that ultimately create a better place to work for everyone, mm. but actually um, are recognized—you know—perceived kind of by a lot of people in our business as. This is Big Brother. Why do you want to know this
0: extra information about me? That's always a real comms challenge. That, that piece around Absolutely. why do we want this data? What are we going to do with Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So, we, like I say, is we did um, a
1: whole campaign around ten reasons why you should provide the information. Okay. Um, and also, then what we did was we told lots of really kind of positive stories of people who had shared this information and had a better experience. Because of it, so as a business, we Mm. were better able to support them, um, and manage them, and develop them. Um, You know, which goes back to this whole this whole thing about treating everyone the same and fairly. Um, Mm. So yeah, so we we've done um, a good bit um, around all of that. We're we're by no means where we need to be. So we started off um, with eight only eight percent of people kind of 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 holding additional information. Mm-hmm. The information that we felt was really valuable that could help us in this space. Well, eight percent of our business, we held information on right. those on those kind of topics. For mm-hmm. um, through the first campaign, we're in our thirties, so about 34 35 percent, which is better. But yeah, but so it shows that it works. Yeah, it shows that it works, and so again, this storytelling culture. You know, again, helps even even through service. So, again, mm-hmm. a lot of our operatives, a lot of our co-workers, you know, with the communities that we go into, will find themselves going into homes of people who don't speak English, mm-hmm. who are, are from, you know, kind of less traditional backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they don't expect to be treated any differently. Um, so, again, what we need to do is help them understand the differences and how, and like I said, take that fear away, that they, mm-hmm. that they don't treat them any differently and that there is... Um, A network of people for them to go to, to help them deliver a better service to people where, again, language is a barrier or culture is a barrier. So we've got lots of, and we've developed lots of tools um, for our frontline workforce. We've actually um, just um, developed um, a set of diverse inclusion questions, um, which we deliver in, in the form of a board game. So actually you get kind of our frontline teams, operatives and care workers in to play a game. Um, and then the questions. So, so it's a traditional board game where there's a winner and you throw dice and you have to kind of you know, you get to the end. But then there's two types of questions. Questions that you need to know the answer to. And then those hearts and mind questions. So mm-hmm. what would you do if? Mm-hmm. If this situation arose, how would you deal with it? Um, and then, again, those people are less confident in, in the kind of audience they learn by listening, so they don't have to ever answer a question, but they can learn mm. the answer, and they can validate it with themselves, and um, internally, that's gone down really well. That sounds great. Um, so, yeah, so, so we are currently rolling that out, again, yeah. 13,000 people, it can take a while, yep. um, and we're, you know, we've kind of started with areas where we know we have um, bigger opportunities um, to kind of make a difference in that space,
0: so. That sounds fantastic. And that's a really good example. I was going to ask you, but I think you've answered this question about how, pe- how you get people to engage and interact with internal comms as opposed to just passively sort of consuming it. And that's a great example yeah. of getting people to actually you know, engage in a board game.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and like I say, this is about storytelling, so we've made it easy for people mm. to tell stories. So Mies Connect, um, you can literally go on and put your own blog on, With an attached pictures, you can do status updates to let people know what you know, what your current experience is, what you've just seen, what you've just heard, Mm. what you've just done. Um, So again, we have a whole stream of people just feeding kind of their own personal stories. Which there's there, you mean you can do lots of of kind of fancy kind of comms activity, but there's nothing more powerful for me than you're reading somebody else's yeah. story yeah okay well, it's user generated content isn't it, it? Is, yeah it's real yeah um you know and, and that's what drives ambition and, and motivation for mm-hmm. me um mm-hmm. it, you know and again a lot of a lot of times they will tell a story of how they've dealt with a difficult situation um and again that that's really powerful because mm-hmm. again people are reading that might have faced that themselves or are scared that they will face that in the future. Yeah. And it just gives them a little bit of heart and confidence so they can absolutely. do something with it.
0: So it's more, so rather than you going out to the business and trying to find stories, it's more that you've built, you're building a culture where people are feeling empowered just to share. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, is yeah, it's coming from the grassroots up instead it, of... In
1: this type of business, it has to. You know, we can only do so much. Um, so, you know, and we do, we've got lots of great internal campaigns now, which like I say, are push through connect. We do um, a lot of work with our senior managers, um, you know, and again, we were involved in a training program with yourselves where we kind of educated our top 250 managers on d but you can only do so much of that. I and mean, it, mm-hmm. it can only translate down so far. Um, and then, you know, again, we have the majority of our workforce, is that front, is, are those frontline staff, and, and this has to work for them. Mm. Um, and the best way that that is is to encourage them just to share stories. Mm. So it's nothing too formal, um, but it's them. And, 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 and actually, they, they really, as we all do, really enjoy the recognition mm. and seeing their name in lights when it pops up on the front screen of Connect. Mm. Um, and then people start liking and sharing it. Um, you know so mm. that's
0: it's really nice and that motivates people again mm. it's very the, positive isn't it it's a very it is giving people a positive experience linked back to it absolutely is what and, they're sharing you know, we
1: do we do lots of great work every day in our space you know we, we provide care to thousands um, of people who are kind of you know in need and less fortunate than we are mm. um, and some of those stories are just amazing but we never really, you know the last 12, 18 months, we've got so much better at sharing them. We can be so much better, mm. but it's really nice to see these come through.
0: Mm. So, you mentioned training um, around diversity and inclusion, and we work op- with all of our clients to help them create the position pieces of training. Because it can be like with your diversity data collection, it's, it's so important that it's positioned in the right ways, and it's so that yeah, people absolutely. are coming into a session feeling. this is going to be an opportunity for me and a positive experience. Um, Have you got any thoughts on that particularly, how to go about engaging people from the outset? Or or do you think it's more about what you've described, which is almost like a, a holistic approach in which the messages are coming from... All, all angles. Yeah,
1: I, I think that always has to be that core element of, of activity that you deliver to, um, your, to your kind of senior managers and to your managers. Because as a business, we've got a responsibility to do that. But I think the rest of it has to be organic. So it has to be people coming to us wanting mm. to kind of become a champion in this space, do more in this space, make more of a difference in this space. And, and that 's the only way it will work, because mm-hmm. we can we can get those people into a room, but if their heart isn't in it when you 're talking about things like social value and diversity mm-hmm. and inclusion that that translates immediately, and you lose audiences and impact mm-hmm. rather than have that more positive kind of effect that, mm-hmm. which is what we 're all after isn 't it mm-hmm. so Lots to do. Lots, you know. Again, we're not perfect, but it's, it's you know we're on a journey. We're absolutely on a journey. Mm.
0: So that journey um, has, has, I dare say, involved quite a lot of talking and thinking about gender pay gap in the last yeah. eighteen months or it so. Has. How, I mean, that's been challenging for everybody, I think, in different ways. But how challenging was it for you to create your your own narrative, which which is which is obviously available for everybody to read, and it, it I is. think is a is a really really strong example of how to do this well, but. How, talk us through the process and what was it. It,
1: it again I was I was thinking about this before and and it it was actually easier for us to write it than we thought it would be so again i think nobody really knew what to expect with this process and again we've just implemented a new hr system so it was the first time where we'd really pulled all of this information together in in that kind of consolidated way um and I think it was great validation for us that actually we're doing a lot in this space already and actually it was a nice opportunity just to kind of put it together in a document. And actually, you know, the the biggest story was that we, we don't have a gender pay gap issue. What we have is legacy issues. So history kind of has has created the situation that, that we face to a, to a level in as much as in the care sector the workforce is predominantly female and in the housing sector the workforce is predominantly male mm-hmm. and whilst we're doing lots to address that that actually when you then kind of bring all this together as one set of group information it actually balanced itself out. okay yeah quite well. There's still lots that we can do around more women in senior roles, you know, kind of more focus on BAME, you know and on, on kind of disabled people in our business and, and we're absolutely working working at those agendas but but I mean, it was nice to kind of see it all together mm-hmm. um, like I said, and all the things that we've done that were, that were really positive, so you know, we, we've got campaigns going which is around women in trade so really focusing on how do we how do we turn how you know kind of jobs in the housing and care sector into careers? Mm-hmm. You know, and how do we make them more appealing and more sexy, for want of a better word, um, and let people know that you know this is this is a career. You you, you know, it's more than just a job. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and both in their own ways are really rewarding. So we're doing lots in that space. Um, You know, we're doing campaigns to get more men in care. So kind of working with, um, you know, kind of ex-military and the armed forces, because again, there's a big group of people there that, you know, of men that, you know, kind of in their 50s, who through the kind of economic climate Mm -hmm. and and situation find themselves still having to work, have a huge skill set and actually would make great carers. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're doing lots in, in that space. So, mm. yeah, it was, it was easier. It was easier to kind it comes of... comes back to your together, storytelling It does, piece, yeah. doesn't it? it? And that was basically when, when I put the document together, that was how I wanted to do it, was mm. I wanted to tell a story. Mm. Um, and, mm. and that was what it was. So it was the fact that actually, you know, we don't necessarily have an issue, as some of other sectors and in industries face. Um, you know, like I said, that's legacy. But... We've still got lots of work that we know we can do mm-hmm. better, um, you know, and, and like I say, Workday's really helped us, our new HR system, in mm-hmm. on where our gaps are. Mm-hmm. So we've done, you know, a raft of um, kind of HR projects to realign terms and conditions um, so that everyone now, again, is all working into the same sets of T's and C's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, you can't do it overnight, but, you know, we know where we, we've got gaps and where, we need, where we've got issues and where we need to address them. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a plan for the next two years. Okay.
0: From a communications perspective, did you test how the gender pay gap, your gender pay gap report had landed with people internally?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, again, we, we, I had, we had three different versions. Um, so we did kind of an external press version, um, an external kind of web version, mm-hmm. uh, which was a bit lighter touch, and then again an internal version which focused more on what we were doing um, to uh, address yeah. the kind of overall issues. Um, uh, so, so again, that what's in it for me, so, so mm. we kind of tailored our story to the audiences. Um, and then we did we did some focus groups around understanding more than anything else because it was the first time that we'd done it. So how did this land? Did it make sense? Did people understand it? Mm. And did people recognise themselves in, in the, the kind of differences and, and you know, the projects that we were creating to, to then make further difference? Mm-hmm. So, and Mm. yeah, interestingly, I am just in the process of putting this year's together. Well, that's
0: what I was about to say, you know, have you, what would you, is there anything you could share with us? You know, I know some of this is is pretty, uh, could be sensitive or confidential, but um, about how you might do things differently this year based upon that feedback that you got, or is is it tweaking the model?
1: Do you know what? This year it's tweaking the model. So that's probably not mm. not necessarily the answer you wanted, but it's it's tweaking the model because it worked for us last year. Yeah, we got we got good feedback from it. Like I say, is I think that it, it wasn't too heavy as a document, um, but it contained enough to kind of tell that story and, and yeah. create that journey. Yeah, and and, and give a, a real kind of understanding of the figures and where we had issues and, and and really, it's just this. The only difference this year is that you know we want to kind of. Um, just take some time to summarise the changes that yeah. we'd made last year and the impacts that they'd had, exactly. the and, progress, then, yeah. and progress, and then refocus on what we want to do. With, you know, yeah. for the next twelve months. Yeah. Um, but it, the the model worked, so yeah. I, I think <laughs> this year, yeah, we won't change. Um, it. And I, you know, Joe and I did we did a piece of research around what was everyone else doing, what was the feedback that. Um, you know, other companies have obviously taken when, when they're issuing out their reports. And in the main, people are doing the same as what they did last year. Mm. There's a lot, there's, there's not a huge, that, you know, that's kind of the, the kind of sense that I get from the yeah. feedback and the research that I've done. Um, there isn't a huge ab- amount of um, companies doing things differently. Well, it's
0: it comes back to that consistency piece, doesn't it? You yes. want people to be able to understand the journey that you're on and just changing the way you talk about it every year isn't not going to necessarily help help people digest that. That's a good point. Um, I yeah. guess. So, in terms of, so gender pay gap is is, is is a good example, I think, in terms of diversity comms because obviously, as you say, it has many mm. different audiences, the internal piece, but then it's also an external positioning Absolutely. in terms of how you attract talent to the business and how customers view you. Um, so if we could just kind of finish up on my last question really which is about external positioning and, and diversity and inclusion and how that fits you've talked quite a lot about how that fits with the Mir's brand and it, it's it it's seamless actually in the way it it, yeah. it helps you achieve yeah. your um you know your social values how do you think customer expectations have changed in recent years around D&I for you in the businesses, in the sectors that you work in? So, again, we've got different
1: customer groups. So, I think if we look at it from um, a client perspective, then they, that, you know, they're kind of, the DNI agenda comes through um, in tender um, kind of, you know, documentation as well now. So, so, we're being asked to kind of demonstrate our commitment and capability to DI much more through that piece. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from um, a resident, or uh, you know, the, the kind of the customer that's you know is receiving the, the end the service, then again, as I kind of as I said before, is you know people from different backgrounds, you know, different um, you know cultures are expecting to be treated absolutely no differently. Mm. So actually, if if somebody doesn't speak English, then they're expecting us. To come up with a solution that that again allows them to have the same level of service that anyone else would have. So we so so again expectations are, are, are greater, mm. but they've become much more business as usual. If that makes sense. Mm. So it's not it's no longer nice to have. So it's not it, mm. you know perceived that actually we we treat everyone the same. Um, it, it, it's bedded into business as usual. So again, so you know, we have lots of tools um, to help people on front line. So like we have things like Language Line, where they can do needed translations. Um, you know, so there's all sorts yeah. of things like that. So like I say, is it's it's expected.
0: Mm. Um, so it's like the end the end user of your services potentially. Are they get are they? different groups actually getting more empowered to think, like actually, this is, I'm a a user of this service. Absolutely.
1: And And, and, and like I say, the the expectation is that when you you knock on the door, you already have your tailored service in your head because you know who you're coming to. Mm. So again, it's about, you know, kind of going and doing that piece of research before Mm. about, you know... The, the residents that we're, that we're going to go and do the piece of work for and not assuming that they're going to be kind of, you know, two white, uh, you know, a man and a woman mm. in their thirties with two children, you know, you can't make that assumption anymore. You have to know who you're going to and you know, already you've tailored your service, um, around their individual needs. Mm. And that's the difference. Um, and again, we, you know, we, we do a lot through our customer satisfaction surveys, Again, to help us identify um, what, you know, what good service looks like for these different groups. Because it, it isn't one size fits all, it has to be different. But you know, the one thing that runs through all of that for us is our behaviours. So actually the way that we deliver it mm-hmm. through our red thread behaviours is the same and consistent. But actually how we do it is tailored around the person that opens the door. When we knock on mm. it, so that's that's the difference. Mm. So the expectation has got greater, but it's, it's again. It's organic. Mm. It it's just evolved naturally. Mm. And I think because it's in you know it's out there now, isn't it? And, and people want and expect it. Um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily get you a nine or a ten, because you know it's a seven or eight. It's what people would expect mm. you to be doing. Mm. Um, so
0: such an interesting. Shift,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it is. Without without question, and great, actually, great to hear that this is happening. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that's why you know that's why it's really important that you know in each branch and each contract that we have that our workforce reflects the communities that we serve. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because again, you know, you make the right decisions if you have that balance, kind of, to ask and to get view and opinion and feedback from. Mm.
0: Mm. fantastic well we've covered a lot of ground there <laughs> if I'm going to try and this is a challenge summarise <laughs> the three themes that are sticking out at me from our conversation Gary are around your comm what's really what works for you and makes me as very successful at its communication seems to be the storytelling yeah definitely um, but... which is a theme that runs through every, seems to be every, all of your comms um, the second thing I think is this um, in terms of your employees, getting them to feed, them, they're driving the comms actually. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. giving you the content, they're giving you the stories, and, and they're volunteering that Absolutely. for the right, right reasons. It's that pride in the brand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the third yeah. thing, which is this last piece of our conversation, which I'm loving, is this customer driven. Actually, your, your, your comms are, are, is actually driven by what the customer is asking you for. Absolutely. And what they need. Absolutely. Um, and it
1: has to be. And like I say, it's, yeah, that's, the, that's the organic bit for me. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily, A lot of this is organic, though, actually. Is, it yeah. is. And I think it is because you know, society kind of has much more awareness and understanding and expectation and that's just driven naturally through them, then through mm-hmm. their feedback. Yeah. Um, and so obviously what we then do is use that feedback to drive change to our business. Yeah. So it's continuous. You couldn't say, you know, five years ago there was a big change and a big shift. It just feels like it's, it's happened.
0: I hope this episode gave you some ideas that you can replicate in your own organisation. We'd love it if you could leave a review and also subscribe to Reworked so you don't miss our next episode. Diversity and inclusion at work has never been higher up the agenda. The EW Group team includes learning and development specialists, facilitators, researchers and analysts, all with deep expertise in equality, diversity and inclusion. If you think we can help you rework your own culture, please get in touch.